Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, Bible study author and teacher. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today I'm talking about remembering God and his work in our life because it really matters for our today. So occasionally I can be quite forgetful. I can't count the number of times that I have gotten in my car, driven off, left my house, and had to turn around and come back home because I thought maybe I had left my curling iron on or maybe the oven or some other appliance in the house that could burn it up. And the good thing is most of those times I had turned them all off, but how many times I had to come back because I thought I had left something on. You know, we've probably all had those moments. We're busy and God created us women with those minds that are like, an information highway. We are able to handle a flood of thoughts happening at one time. And that's why we often have the role of multitaskers and we do that pretty well. However, with so much going on in our minds and our lives, it often sets us up to forget as well. Uh, what we don't want to forget is all the ways that God has worked in our lives. We need to remember the times that God answered our prayers and came through for us. And all throughout the Exodus and the Israelites' conquest for the promised land, God gave them miracle after miracle to remember. And it was common for them to set up memorial stones to signify God's work as a way of remembering. In Joshua 3, God caused all the waters flowing into the Jordan River to stop, which provided his people the ability to cross the Jordan on completely dry ground. In Joshua 4, God directed Joshua to have have the people take 12 stones from the bed of the Jordan and representing the 12 tribes of Israel and set them up as a memorial. God wanted them to remember his presence with them and to remember his work for them. And the reality is sometimes we forget what God has done for us. So for me, my stones of remembrance are often my journals and my prayer journals. I've kept throughout my journey with Jesus and I have many of them. Being able to go back and to see what I was praying for in different seasons of my life and remember how God answered those prayers really helps me in my prayers today. When I remember his work for me in the past, I know he will be equally faithful to work for me today and in the future. Let's just take a few moments this morning to remember God's work in our life. What has he delivered you from or through? How has he heard your prayers and worked in the lives of those that you love? Every single remembrance of God's work in your life is your assurance that he will work on your behalf in your current and future situations as well. Psalm 105 says, remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonder and the judgments of his mouth. I remember speaking at a women's conference in Arkansas a few years back and I had shared my testimony as I often do when I'm speaking and when I returned home, I received an email from a lady who had attended the conference and she shared how thankful she was for being reminded of some of the things that she had been freed from in her past that she said she had forgotten about. And I thought it interesting, maybe even a little troubling that we forget 
the great things that God has done for us in our lives. However, the Bible gives us story after story of God's people forgetting his presence, forgetting his word, and forgetting his work in their lives. One of the stories I wanted to look at today is about the 10 lepers in Luke 17, 12 through 19. The story of the 10 lepers is one of those that puzzles me, yet it makes me aware of how easily we can experience God's work and immediately forget God's goodness. When Jesus came into the village where the lepers lived, these 10 lepers did not come near, but they loudly called out to Jesus from afar and Luke 17, 13 says, they said, Master, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They cried out for his mercy. And the original definition of mercy there means that they cried out for his help in their affliction and in their wretched state. The very next verse shows Jesus' immediate response to them and the result of Jesus responding to their cries. Luke 17, 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. So can you imagine how amazing it would have been for these 10 men to be healed of this awful disfiguring disease that not only destroyed their physical bodies, but their entire existence. Normal life had completely been wiped out. Relationships damaged because no longer were they allowed to live among and with those that they loved. Basic normal interactions with people other than other lepers would have been completely deleted from their lives. Now, once Jesus healed them, I can't imagine anything other than sheer thankfulness to him for answering their cries for healing and for giving them healthy bodies and normal lives. However, only one leper returned to thank Jesus for his work in their life. And that shocking reality reminds me that we too might incline to forget the Lord's work in our lives. If only one out of 10 men returned to express their gratitude, the odds are against us. We are more likely to fall in line with the nine unthankful healed lepers than the one thankful healed leper. So let's talk about intentional remembering. In reality, we all may tend to forget what God has done for us. Sometimes we look at where someone else's life is and we can't understand why why they are where they are. But if we stop and we look back at where we once were, where we came from, or the pit that Jesus pulled us out of, and specifically speaking about myself, maybe we could have a bit more empathy and understanding for others. Now, sometimes I think our tendency to forget the valuable life lessons that we learned throughout our journey with Jesus happens simply because life takes over. We get busy and we forget to return to thank Jesus for past healings from sickness and hurt and, and for past provision in our times of lack. And for a while, maybe we can continue in this forgetfulness. But sooner or later, there will be a time when our ability to remember God and His work in our lives will mean everything to us. And when will that time be? It will be when we need Him to work in our lives, in our impossible situations in our lives. However, if we know our tendency to forget why not intentionally establish what we need to remember and ways to remember his work, God and his work in our lives. So I'm going to give you five important aspects of remembering. The first one is to remember who your trust is in. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses.
resources, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And then Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And then Philippians 2, 9 through 11, therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we remember the name of the Lord, remind yourself that his name is exalted and powerful and that one day everyone will bow in submission to the name of the Lord. So let's be like that one leper who came back, who returned and gave God glory. That's what Luke 17, 15 tells us. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now, I love how unashamedly this leper poured out his thanksgiving. He remained unmoved by what anyone else thought about him. He thanked Jesus loudly and fell on his face at his feet. Complete abandoned thankfulness. Oh Lord, help us worship like that. Now the second thing is to remember his strength. Jeremiah 32, 17, it ranks up as one of my top 10 favorite Old Testament verses for sure because it reminds me of God's strength. And it says, oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. I can remember many years ago now, I was taking my youngest daughter to school one day and I had a worship CD playing. And this was pre-Spotify, pre-Amazon Music and iTunes and all that. While the worship music played, the pastor of the church prayed and he said, Lord, I thank you that there is nothing too hard for you. And I'm just going to tell you that day that hit me so hard. And I just stopped right there and I said to my daughter, did you hear that? Did you hear that there is nothing too hard for God? I said, do you realize how significant that very fact is in your daily life? There is nothing that you will ever face that is too hard for your God. And you know, we all need to take that into consideration because our strength will never be enough. We will always find ourselves in situations in life where we are fully aware within ourselves, we lack the strength needed for God's strength is limitless. We might be weak. We might be without strength, but our God has limitless strength. So then the third thing is to remember what God does with his strength. Well, Exodus 14, 14 tells us that the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Romans 8, 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So whatever we face now or in the future, we know that in God's strength, he fights for us. He strengthens us. He helps us and he upholds us. We have nothing or no one to fear because our God has no equal. Our God has no rival. Isn't that worth remembering and returning to God to give him glory that is due him? Now, the fourth thing is to remember God's grace and his mercy. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, through the Lord's mercy, 
mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So grace is often defined as getting a gift that we don't deserve. And mercy is defined as not getting what we do deserve. So I once taught a a women's Bible study at a church in our area as a guest teacher. And at the end of the study, one of the women gave me a handkerchief with an acrostic for grace embroidered on it. And it said, God's riches at Christ's expense. Now, understanding, receiving, and accepting God's grace in my life was a huge deal because of my past. I had no problem recognizing what I did not deserve in light of my past life. But once I understood God's grace, I was really able to walk in the freedom from my past. For me, remembering the mercy and the grace that God extended to me in my past hugely impacts my day today. Now, number five, remember what God has done for you in the past. Psalm 77 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. And then Psalm 105 5, remember his marvelous works, which he has done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. You know, my encouragement to you are to think about some practical ways that you can remember God and his work in your life. One of the ways that I practically remember God and what he has done for me in the past is through journaling. I keep prayer journals that detail my prayers, whether for myself or for someone I love and other prayer requests passed on to me. And I, you know, I would just say to you, I think each person that may be a little bit unique and individual, you find the way that works for you. Maybe it's listing out the things that you're praying for. Now, I often will actually write out the entire prayer and I will continue to go back and pray that same prayer, pray through that prayer on a regular daily basis until I see God move and do something new. And then I'll rewrite a a new prayer for that specific person or that specific situation. You know, I, I love looking back and seeing now how God changed situations that at the time seemed impossible and unchangeable. And I have seen that. I've seen God do things looking back over my prayer journals and see situations that I could not see any possibility, any way of him changing. And then two, three, four years later, go back and read through those prayers and see the amazing ways that God has worked in my life. Now, when I look back, it stirs up gratitude in my heart. And it reminds me that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he came through for me then, he will come through for me again. If you haven't ever kept a prayer journal, now's a great time to start. Simply record your prayers or your prayer needs and make sure to put the date in the journal so when you look back two or three or four or five years later, from from that point, you can remember and see God's work and his response to your prayers. You can also keep a prayers answered journal. You can start right now. Take some time to think through how God worked in your life and revealed himself to you in the past. I'll just tell you, I've got in my computer, I've got like a timeline of the significant moments that how God has worked in my life that I just go back and look at and see all the things that God has done for me. And it's just listing those answered prayers, list those that come to your mind. And then from this day forward, write down all the ways that you see God working in your life from here on out. Make note of the small things as well as the big 
big things. This will be a greater treasure to you than you can even imagine, especially when we find ourselves in the midst of the struggles and the storms of life. So I wanted to, if you find yourself in a hard place today, this is a prayer for you. So pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up my sisters in Christ and ask you to help them fully trust you today. Thank you that there is nothing too hard for you. Lord, I pray that you will pour out your great strength in all of our lives and in all of our struggles and all of our difficulties and help us hold on to peace knowing that you have us and that you are fighting for us. Flood our life with the grace we need to trust in your faithfulness. Thank you for how you've worked in our life in the past and help us remember and find strength in your past faithfulness to us and thank you for how you are working in our today. In the most beautiful and trusted name of Jesus, we pray. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest for daily biblical encouragement for Christian women. Also, check out my website on fire-ministries.org where you can read my weekly blog. You can get free biblical resources or a Bible study for yourself personally or for a group study. If you found this podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate and review and share this podcast. It's a way that it helps other people to find the podcast and maybe these are the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged in their faith journey today. Now until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.